there's a lot of evidence, I think, that suggests, you know, time in nature is incredibly powerful and good for us. Um, there's, I think, a study in Japan which showed that just looking at a plant can help reduce feelings of sadness and anger, can help reduce your muscle tension, your pulse rate, um, help relieve stress. And that's just from looking at a plant. That was Mark Lang who joins us on the podcast today. Now, Mark works for Thrive, which is a charity that deals with therapy with gardening. Um, we have a great chat about what the charity does and and how it helps. And I think it's a, it's a great insight into how, how good gardening is for us. Uh, sometimes we overlook it, um, just being able to walk outside, um, maybe even just feeling the, the grass... Uh, under your toes or something like that um, it's, it is I think genuinely good for you and I think what Mark has to say really does highlight how good it can be for us so I think the top tip for this week would just be out go out and enjoy your garden maybe don't worry about a weed that's sitting in the corner or or something that you think needs trimming or some some seeds that you wanted to do maybe just take five minutes ten minutes with a nice cup of tea just walk around the garden um, and just enjoy it. Um, that would be my tip for this week, definitely. So without further ado, let's start the podcast. Hi, you're listening to Plants and Me, the podcast that is all about plants, gardening, and the people who are passionate about them, with your host, Alan Lodge. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you for inviting me on. No problem at all. Thank you for joining us. And what's the weather like uh, where you are? Well, it, it's sunny in sunny Berkshire. It's living up to its its kind of name, and that it is sunny today. Um, it's not much breeze. It's actually I just had a wander around our gardens here, and it's it, it's lovely actually. An absolutely wonderful summer's day. And not where are you hot. at the moment? Sorry, I'm um, at a little place called Beach Hill, which is not far from Reading. And it's where Thrive has its um, national centre, but also we have a, a three-acre wall garden here. And uh, in that context, we have clients who come to do uh, horticultural therapy with our, our therapy staff. Um, so I'm very lucky. I can leave my desk, leave my computer, uh, get out inside, outside to the garden in about 30 seconds. And of all the places I've worked, of my my career this has got to be the most photogenic Excellent. Um, it, it's just yeah beats anything else beats an industrial estate let's put it that way <laughs> there's no two ways about that definitely now you mentioned thrive uh and uh and a little bit about what it does but tell us a little bit more about it yeah so thrive uh, is a national charity we've been going 40 years celebrating our anniversary this year um and we use gardens as places where people can come and work with plants uh, to improve their health and well-being. Um, so we see we specialise in something called uh, social and therapeutic horticulture. We work with a variety of people um, with a whole range of, of disabilities, uh, mental health issues, um, people who are vulnerable and excluded, isolated. Um, and we use the garden as our, as our tool effectively to work with them to improve their health and well-being and we work with them to kind of work out what goals they want what they're aiming for and then our kind of horticultural therapy staff uh, help them achieve those Hmm. and what's your role in thrive i'm the communications 
uh, manager at Thrive. So my role is really to tell the story about Thrive and its work and uh, how effective it is and effectively just kind of spread awareness of who we are as an organization and what we do. Okay, and it started 40 years ago, as you, you mentioned. How how did it all start? Where did the idea come from? Well, it is a, a chap called Chris Underhill who kicked Thrive off, and it started actually um, in Somerset. Chris was a, a young horticulturalist and uh, inspired by his work with people with learning difficulties um, when he was volunteering in Africa. He kind of came back to, to set Thrive up and he worked with another guy called um, Reverend, uh, Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Oodle, uh, who was a, a pediatrician at St. Bart's Hospital. And these two may really played a key role in getting Thrive off the ground and really promoting horticultural therapy uh, as a means to health and well-being for people. Mm. And is this something that they... Uh... So is this something they had an inkling would work or something that's been documented and studied to work? Yeah, I think, I mean, as I said, Chris had this horticultural um, background and I think between them there's a sense that there was something that people were maybe more maybe anecdotally talking about the, the value of therapeutic value of gardens and gardening uh, and they're seeking to kind of tap into that in a more structured way. So initially they're kind of... Um, priority was really establishing horticultural therapy and getting it known that this is something that could actually, you know, bridging the world of horticulture and health was kind of their main priority. Um, and it was kind of helping others who may be implementing projects to understand the value and importance of horticultural therapy was kind of a key part of what they were trying to do. And then kind of out of that, Thrive has grown over the years. And as I say, we now have regional centres where over 400 clients come to our centres in here just outside Reading, also uh, in London, in Battersea Park, and in Birmingham, uh, in Kings Heath Park. We have these centres where we get client gardeners coming, people referred from maybe social services, some people may be referred by their families, or people might refer themselves, uh, and they will come and maybe work with us for some for a period of weeks, maybe others for a period of months and potentially years. Hmm. Okay. And how did you get involved in all of this? Well, I've been with Thrive just coming up to a year, and um, I suppose my kind of link to Thrive really started when I became interested in gardening myself um, in a, I suppose the last five years, really. It's all been kind of quite a a sudden revelation about the power of gardening for me. But as I kind of was experiencing it myself, um, I came across the charity charity's website. And I could then see they were talking about the health benefits, the well-being benefits. And it just struck me as something that was really important, uh, something I could relate to myself. And I thought, I'd like to find out more. Um, and obviously, initially, there was necessarily any opportunities to come to work for Thrive but um, about a year ago one did and uh, I applied and took it and I got it and here I am uh, you know talking to you at the moment. <laughs> and when people come along um, to do uh, therapeutical gardening uh, what actually is that so they, they turn up on day one and say hello to people what what do they do? Well first of all we'd probably take a step back and when we initially meet them we kind of our horticultural therapists will sit down with them and work out what their uh, what their needs are and what they're trying to achieve. So 
for example, we might have people who have had a stroke um, and they might be, say, seeking to restore movement in limbs that have been affected by a stroke. So we would potentially say to them, work with them on um, activities in the garden, which might be all about restoring movement, rehabilitation, um, fine motor skills, uh, targeting dexterity. So it, it really depends on, there's no one-size-fits-all approach. It really does depend on, on the individual and also what they're trying to achieve. It's not about us imposing something on them. It's about us working with them to, to kind of realize those those goals that they have. So it might be, you know, about physical matters in terms of, as I just said there, about somebody who's had a stroke. But it could also be um, to do with socialization. Um, unfortunately, you know, loneliness and isolation is a increasing problem in society and um, one of the things that we are kind of accentuating here is the social side of what gardening can bring it can obviously bring people together working as a team it can build bonds and friendship that you know last for a long long time and actually give people confidence a sense of purpose um, these are all positive things that you know can enhance uh, people's lives so, yeah, each case is taken on its own merits, but um, there's a wide range of things that we believe you know, gardening can offer for mm. the health and well-being. And obviously there's there's lots of, uh, especially when you think of socialising, maybe going out and playing a, a game of cricket or um, uh, some table tennis or just sitting at a bar having a drink with, with uh, other people and things like that. But do, do you find that gardening is well-suited to this particular purpose? It's certainly here at Thrive because the way we, we tend to work with clients is they will uh, be in a group of six to eight clients and then working with a therapist and maybe one or two volunteers alongside them. So the teamwork is a key part of uh, how we operate and obviously at teamwork become, you know, comes these bonds and you know, I've seen and heard of friendships developing. And it's great actually, last week we had our um, annual flower show here where basically we celebrate the achievements of our clients over the year and in particular we have different categories where they produce goods and produce that get judged and their families come in and it's a real great day of celebration but one of the things that struck me as a, a first timer to this particular event was just seeing uh, the the kind of closeness of relationship between the client gardeners and celebrating each other's successes. Um, and one of the things that I suppose we see is kind of the interaction when it's break time, you know, it's lunch or tea break or whatever. It's those moments when, you know, people reflect on what they've been doing, encourage each other. And I think, you know, gardening as a fraternity, um, there's a real great sense of camaraderie and encouragement, which, mm. Yeah, it's really great to hear and see. Yeah, definitely. And you you mentioned um, uh, garden therapists, or I'm not sure. Is that how you put it, garden therapists? Horticultural therapists. Horticultural therapists, thank you. Now, which came first? Are they gardeners first or therapists first? Um, Yeah, I think, I mean, some come with, um, uh, you know, formal gardening qualifications, RHS qualifications, things of that nature. I think the thing we stress is that we're, not a gardening charity, we're a people charity that uses gardening to help people. Um, so what we kind of want in our therapies is people that can get on with all sorts of different personalities, different characters, can relate to people. 
um, and then combine that with hopefully the you know, passion and some knowledge of gardening so that you can bring out the best in people. So um, the two the two go hand in hand. And as I say, a lot, quite a lot of our therapists um, have uh, quite considerable horticultural knowledge. Certainly when I go in the garden and say, what's that? Generally, I'm going to get a good answer that, that they know what's, uh, they know what's in front of me. <laughs> Excellent. And, and being a charity, do you also have volunteers? We do. We have over 200 um, across our three centres. And to say that they're kind of the lifeblood of the charity is really um, a bit of underestimation, really. They are incredibly important and they give us so many hours of um, experience and uh, help. Um, and, you know, many people come, you know, they've had maybe a working life and they want to give something back. Um, and they bring all that experience and those qualities when they come to volunteer with Thrive. So, yeah, incredibly, incredibly important part of our uh, workforce or our volunteers. And um, you know, either they work very closely with our, our clients and uh, similarly, you know, develop close relationships with them, uh, helping them in the garden. So, yeah, they're very, very important for us. Mm. Okay. And stepping back very slightly, you said you started to find a bit of interest in gardening um, uh, and this position at Thrive, Thrive came up. So what spurred your interest? My interest in gardening um, came about really when I moved house. We'd been renting for a while and I uh, hadn't really had any opportunity to be particularly responsible for a garden. But when we moved house, bought this house, it came with quite a considerable garden. and it was one of the big factors in us buying the house, actually, because the people that were selling it um, were clearly very good gardeners. Traditional roles, to some degree, you might say, he was kind of in charge of the vegetables and the raised beds and had quite a lot of them. Um, and the woman concerned was looking after the herbaceous borders and uh, kind of the flower stock. And it was a tremendous place, and we just fell in love with it straight away. Um, but it, clearly, I realized pretty quickly that I was going to have to step up and um, get to grips with gardening because I didn't want to go ruin their legacy. Some might argue I have a bit, but <laughs> it, it's just an endeavor to try and keep that going. And, to, you know, you're a steward of the land for whatever period. I don't know how long we're going to be there, but I see it as kind of stewardship and looking after it and doing my best with it. And I suppose as the more I've done it, the more my passion for it has grown. I've learned stuff. I've made mistakes. It's not been easy or straightforward. And sometimes, you know, I find it's very hard work when you're trying to juggle, uh, you know, other family life, work life. Mm. You know, sometimes getting in the garden is, is not always easy. Time isn't there. But when I do, I always appreciate it. It's the tonic that I need. And um, time in the garden is never really wasted. No, not at all. And I suppose that's, uh, do you find that's given you an insight into how, how relaxing or therapeutic gardening can be? Absolutely. Yeah. I, when I go into the garden and, you know, not only do I get the pleasure of seeing something grow from a seed to a plant and then I maybe end up eating it, that's, that's an amazing sense of achievement that comes out of that. But sometimes it's just about, you know, reflecting and looking at nature and seeing, hearing the birds and what's going on in the garden what's growing and how something's flowering or the insects and it, it's just this kind of cornucopia of things that you want to kind of get um, inspired by in the garden and I I don't think there's ever a time where I've gone into the garden maybe feeling somewhat stressed 
and maybe after a 20 minutes, half an hour, come back, those feelings have dissipated. Uh, so there is definitely, from my experience, there is a, a tremendous therapeutic value to mm. the gardening. And I suppose that, that gives you an insight of how, work, how Thrive can be so successful in doing what it's doing. Indeed, absolutely. And kind of seeing that... Um, you know, it's not always the most complicated things that can, you know, produce these benefits um, in terms of activity. It can be quite simple stuff, as I say, growing, growing seeds and nurturing them, and see something grow uh, into a plant, and that you can admire, or you know, you can appreciate the taste of if you eat it. You know, it's a tremendous thing. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I really, um, I really see that the, the value. Of it. And you know, I'd like to do more of it. I have to say, I, I'd like to spend more time in my garden. Uh, it's, it's, as I say, it's never time wasted. I can imagine Thrive keep you quite busy, though. Well, you know, I wouldn't say I'm... I, I, yeah, I'm fairly busy. I'm pretty busy. <laughs> um, but most of the time I don't work weekends, which is great. And um, I think the, the garden... The thing I know is that the garden is clearly there's always stuff to be done no matter what time of year, but particularly this time of year, there's a lot to kind of keep on top of. And um, when you've only got a few hours here and there, it's kind of trying to do a bit, a little and often, I think, is uh, what I'm learning. Mm. If I can't have a whole day in the garden, if I can get a few hours in the evening here and there, um, then it, I find, you know, I'm getting satisfaction from that and the garden isn't getting out of control. So it's, mm. it's hopefully a win-win. Yeah, definitely. So being in communications at Thrive, um, I imagine, gives you a massive insight into all the, all the different sides of the charity. It does. I'm very lucky that I'm able to work with people that are right across the organisation in, in the role that I have. Particularly, I think I get a good view of what we do at the different centres. So I visit London, uh, our centre in Battersea Park. I visit our centre in King's Heath Park in Birmingham. Uh, and I, uh, each centre maybe has slightly different um, outputs and for some of the clients uh, that we work with in Birmingham, we work with children from local special educational needs schools. So the program there is obviously going to be slightly different to maybe what it, it is here at Reading, mm. where we tend to work more with adults, um, particularly people with uh, learning difficulties. So I do get this um, very holistic view of things in my role, which is, is great because it, it obviously enables me to communicate better what we are doing and the people that we're you know, able to help and, and reach through you know, the power of therapeutic gardening. Mm, mm, definitely. And you, in communications, I imagine you get, uh, maybe not directly, you get involved with the social media and stuff like that. Do you get comments that actually that aspect is helping people uh, on the outside? Yes, I do get involved in our social media output. And um, one thing I would say I've noticed is that the gardening community is very supportive and encouraging of our work. Uh, in fact, you know, incredibly so. People are so positive, uh, which is really is, is great to see. Um, don't maybe get some of the more kind of charged stuff that you might elsewhere in the, in the social media realms. I think gardening is a is a special sector from that point of view. Mm. And uh, you know, it, it, it's really great to be able to see that people identify with what we are doing and what we're saying and the value of of gardening for people it doesn't necessarily mean that you you know might have a disability to, to benefit from mm. therapeutic gardening increasingly we see that messages we're trying to put across is that gardening can help absolutely anyone 
from a well-being point of view. Um, and many comments we get on posts of that ilk will be people saying, absolutely, you know, it, it, it works for me. And they might describe incidents in their life where they've had difficulties or troubles and where gardening has actually been incredibly helpful in getting them through those, you know, those darker periods and uh, enables them to kind of keep going. So when you kind of hear and see comments like that, it kind of really brings home that gardening has a lot to offer for everyone. Mm. And you mentioned earlier uh, about your volunteers and, and people that get involved and help the charity out. Is that something um, you're always looking for more volunteers or is an application process? How does that work? Yes, uh, we're always on the lookout for volunteers. Um, we have a variety of people doing a variety of roles. Some people maybe uh, want to be out in the garden and they maybe want to work with the, the client gardeners that we have. Uh, there's definitely a role for, for people like that. Other people may be interested in gardening in terms of kind of helping us maintain the, the various gardens, uh, but not necessarily working with clients. But we can we can find there's always a need for, for that type of help as well. Uh, but sometimes we have you know need for help uh, kind of in, in the, the back office, so to speak, and you know, maybe helping with um, working with our finance team or our um, fundraising team. There's a variety of roles and all of our centres um, there are volunteering opportunities available I'd say if people were interested in uh, volunteering with Thrive they should look on the Thrive website which is www.thrive.org.uk and um, if you look at um, the, the volunteering section there there's various web addresses uh, email addresses that people can get in touch with um, and we can then you know start the conversation mm. Yeah, and we'll make sure we put all of those on the show notes as well as um, uh, towards the end uh, we'll ask you where we can, people can get in contact and stuff like that. But obviously it's not just volunteers. I imagine you must need seeds and plants and stuff like that. Where does that all come from? Um, we, we do grow a lot ourselves and we do try and uh, take things on from seeds and propagating it so that we're kind of sustainably uh, you know, using our plants and getting the most from them. But we do uh, get donations as well from companies and from organisations. Um, recently, uh, Ascot Racecourse, for example, mm. donated hundreds of plants that um, they, uh, they gave us. We went to collect them, filled up a minibus, Virtually with plants, it was um, an incredible, uh, generous uh, donation, and you know we can obviously use those in in our gardens. So yeah, they come from a mixture of places. We obviously have, sometimes we buy stuff ourselves, but um, we're very, I think, fortunate that you know people's goodwill in donating plants uh, can really help us out as well. Yeah, excellent. I mean, you're talking about fairly sizable sites as well, so that's a that's a lot of weeding, that's a lot of plants. Um, there's a lot of work to be done there. Absolutely. I mean, three acres. I've just you know can wander around and look at look at the site in maybe ten fifteen minutes. But once you kind of appreciate, as you say, areas that need to be weeded and things that have got to be maintained, there's, there's a tremendous a lot of work to be done. And hence, our Saturday or weekend volunteers who come in when the centre isn't maybe operating with clients, but they will come in and help us maintain and keep on top of things. It's really invaluable for us, particularly during the summer. We have a, a number of kind of open garden afternoons where we 
open up the gardens to uh, the public to come in and have a look around. Those have been really uh, successful this year. I think we've been blessed with the weather as well. Um, but we want to obviously show the gardens you know, as their, their optimum and those volunteers play a key role in helping us put on a good show. Um, but, you know, we also emphasize we're not, we're not uh, show gardens. You know, this is a, a charity that's working with people. So you're not going to find that every part is necessarily going to be weeded to the nth degree, but we try and, you know, make it look as good as we can. Mm. Excellent. And where do you see the future for Thrive? It's obviously got three sites now. I imagine it only started with one. Yeah, I think for the moment we're kind of going to consolidate with the three that we've got and we want to kind of make sure that um, those three centres are running at their optimum level, that we can have got as many clients coming through as possible. We, we would hopefully see opportunities um, with the government increasingly talking about the use of social prescribing. Uh, we would hope that gardening will have a role in that and that the kind of work that we do will have a particular role with that. Uh, and we might see that there are more referrals from uh, clinical commissioners and GPs for people who might be going to GPs with issues that not necessarily you know medicine can help with, um, but, but actually more therapeutic interventions like uh, horticultural therapy could. So we, we see the potential growth in that sector. Um, but I think also we, we're keen to get the message out to a wider population. You know, there's so many... Uh, is it 22 million people have, you know, have gardens in this country? There's a, a massive amount of potential for engagement in gardening and the kind of therapeutic and health benefits, and we really want to get that message out to as many people as possible. Um, because you know our NHS is under pressure, and yeah. the more we can do to alleviate that through uh, helping people help themselves, you know, use use the garden as a preventative way of um, you know, helping people's mental well-being, for example, um, that, that could be really important for us. There was a um, a brilliant study, and I, I I don't know the exact results, uh, figure for figure, but um, I believe it was Harvard Medical School with uh, some people with depression, um, and they studied uh, fifteen minutes of um, some of the patients standing on grass in bare feet, and they got amazing results. Yeah, and there's, there's, a, there's a lot of evidence, I think, that suggests, you know, time in nature is incredibly powerful and good for us. Um, there's, I think, a study in Japan which showed that just looking at a plant can help reduce feelings of sadness and anger, can help reduce your muscle tension, your pulse rate, um, help relieve stress. And that's just from looking at a plant. Um, we, we did a, a, a program a few years back. We were working kind of community outreach, and we were working with people over the age of 50 and delivering uh, two-hour sessions weekly, doing tabletop gardening. And uh, at the end of that, we did a, some follow-up questionnaires asking people how they viewed the program, what they got out of it. And 65% of those people took part, reported that, their physical health had improved, and, and 80% of them said that they felt that uh, an improvement uh, had happened in their mental health. And, you know, that's just kind of incredibly powerful indicators of what we, you know, we can tap into when we, when we get involved in gardening. Yeah, and definitely um, it's, it's got to be worth a shot if you're feeling a little bit down just to step out into a garden or, 
or if you haven't got one a local park or something like that exactly even if you haven't got one yourself um you know that having access to a park or community gardens you know even having a window box as i say you know looking at plants it there's something there that is, is beneficial um so yeah i think that it's important that you know we can try and relay these messages to more and more people um mm. it's really you know, it's really vital yeah, definitely. And if people wanted to get involved in Thrive, um, you mentioned volunteers and bits and pieces like that, or if they just wanted to look up your social media or have a look at the website, where where's the best way for them to, to get in contact? Well, our website uh, address is, uh, and we've got a relatively new website, so um, worth a look, is it's, uh, www.thrive.org.uk. Um, you could also, if you're near our regional centres, um, you can visit our centre, in, for example, in London, in Battersea Park. Um, we have five gardens there that we're responsible for. It's a public park, so people can come in and uh, have a look around. It's a lovely park, actually. Really, really nice park if you're, you're in the area. Isn't it? Where, what part of um, Battersea Park is, is that in? Well, we're kind of scattered kind of across it. So um, the Herb Garden is uh, near the Albert Gate side. That's mm. kind of quite a key part of our work there and as the name suggests is uh, herbs is a key part of that but we also have uh, a glass house there and um, raised beds for vegetables so we do a lot of work there um, the main garden is on east carriageway drive and um, that's where we have our office and also plant kiosk so if you're in Batsy park and you want some great value plants head to head to the main uh, the main garden there mm. Um, but you can, certainly looking at it, as you say, Battersea Park is a wonderful place. There's mm. lots to see and do beyond Thrive as well. Um, but um, the old English garden, I'd have to say, is is a, a fantastic little oasis in the middle of the urban jungle. A walled garden, fountain in the middle, lots of benches and beautiful plants. Uh, just to sit there and soak up the atmosphere uh, is a great way, I think, to... Uh, take away the stress and strains of living in the city yeah definitely excellent brilliant well thank you much for joining us mark well thank you very much for having me on alan it's, it's been a it's been a pleasure to have a chat with you yeah no problem at all thank you very much all the best thanks bye thank you for joining us on the plants and me podcast we'll be back soon if you can't get enough of all things plant-related, pop over to plants-uk.co.uk. And if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.